Welcome to Disneyland Richfield Autopia. May we have your attention, please? Daddy, tell me a human story. Well, let's see. Once upon a time, there was this magical place called Disneyland. And inside Disneyland, there was a strange deserted mansion. Then one day, the mansion became haunted by 999 ghosts. Oh! And now humans can visit the haunted mansion and get real scared. Daddy, do you believe in humans? I don't know, but I do believe in Disneyland. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited... Now arriving from a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Passengers will stand by to board. Welcome to Monsanto's Plastics Home of the Future. As you entered this experimental model home, perhaps you noticed that the house itself is constructed entirely of plastics. Despite the graceful, lightweight appearance of the suspended wings of this house, each one is able to support more than 13 tons. Please remain seated during your tour, keeping your hands and arms inside the vehicle, and kindly refrain from smoking. Thank you. You are now beginning a grand circle tour of Tomorrowland aboard the People Mover, the first system of its kind in the world. Since its 1967 opening, the People Mover has carried more than 50 million guests. Hi, ghost fans. This is your on-the-spot reporter, tiptoeing through the creaky doors of the Disneyland Haunted Mansion to bring you another in-spirit interview. Hovering at my side is Granny Ghoul, former Peoria socialite and silent movie vamp. Hi there, big boy. Granny, you look absolutely inhuman. Thank you. This is my latest creation, a see-through bell-bottom bedsheet with big holes where my eyes used to be. Stunning. But tell me, Granny, is it true that this mansion is haunted by 999 ghosts? That's right, you brave devil. But there's always room for one more, especially if he's as spirited as you seem to be. Huh? Well, thanks, Granny, but I'm a human. Well, no one's perfect. But you can visit any time. We're very friendly here. I wanted to ask you about that, Granny. What do you think of letting real people into Disneyland's haunted mansion? Well, they are kind of fun to watch, but all that yelling and screaming is spooky. Why, you'd think they'd never seen a ghost before. <laughs> All stations, we are now in normal space mode. Resume all operations. Well, folks, a uh, hyperspace jump is always interesting, to say the least. But we're back in the real universe again, and on the upper screen you can see Mars as it actually appears close up. Warning, you have invaded the electronic realm of the master computer program. Prepare for the game grid of Tron. Ladies and gentlemen, a Disneyland program reminder. In just a few moments, the curtain will be going up on Slewfoot Sue's Golden Horseshoe Review, and plenty of free seats are still available. The show has something for everyone, plenty of good music, lots of laughs, the Can-Can Girls, and even that famous character, Pecos Bill. Now, if you're a newcomer to Disneyland, the Golden Horseshoe is located in Frontierland, directly across from the Mark Twain Landing Dock. The show is one of the entertainment highlights here in the Magic Kingdom, and we know you'll enjoy yourself. That's Slewfoot Sue's Golden Horseshoe Review. Plenty of free seats still available, and the curtain going up in just a few moments. Thank you. My name is Maui. Natives call me the Mighty One. 
I tamed the playful sun and gave my people time. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's date night at Disneyland with the Elliott Brothers and the Disneyland Date Nighters. Let's dance. and gentlemen, boys and girls, we invite you to turn your attention to the sky high above Sleeping Beauty Castle, where if you believe and wish hard enough, you too will see the magic of Tinkerbell as she lights this evening's performance of Fantasy in the Sky. Welcome to MiceCast, minus Mike. It is Shaft and I show tonight. Mike gave uh, no good reason he couldn't be here, which is very cryptic. So we don't know where, where the hell or what the hell yeah. he's doing. So Hopefully he, he made it okay. We've had some pretty good weather, and he was supposed to have to go across uh, towards uh, the river last this last week doing some work. So interesting. How was the weather down in your neck of the woods? Yeah, because it's so far from where you live. Uh, well, actually, I mean, we, we've talked about that before. Just a few miles can be a vast difference well, between. Uh, that is that is true. It's much cooler down here. We have a nice ocean breeze, but um, no, it it was nice, muggy. You know, thunderstorms, a little bit of rain. You know, I felt like I was in Central Florida. You felt at home then. Yes, I did. <laughs> Back in the swamps. <clears throat> well, it was a, uh, we hit uh, early in the week, we hit our official temperature was 111 uh, up here at Disneyland. And um, then uh, yesterday, or not yesterday, day before yesterday, I'm sitting here at my house and we had a thunderstorm going over. Very, just a little bit of rain, real nice uh, lightning dark storm, good thunder, and we had a ground strike literally a few houses down from my house. So that was interesting. Everything that was electrical in the house that was turned on went off. We, I guess it was a quick little power surge, dip, whatever, but everything in the house that was electrical that, that was on turned off. Introducing and Ustream Producer, off. a full studio off. control room in one intuitive package. My word. We have guests on the show. Sorry about that. I know I was getting boring, but... Well, (laughs) that is true, but yeah, I hate websites that automatically start you on things when you are not expecting it, but... 
What so, are we gonna do? You know, it's just the way it happens. So yes, yeah. you you're always excited about you know. I love good storms. Yes, yes. That, that's one thing that Florida does have that we don't. They they have good storms, and sometimes it's too good. They get they get hurricanes. We don't. But that's another story. I can remember as a young tyke in Hawthorne having really good storms, but we just um, you know patterns shift and change and. Doesn't seem like we have quite the uh, the light show we did when I was a, a kid, but yeah. patterns do shift and change all the time, don't they? It doesn't have to take anything from people doing something that changes it. That tends to change on their own, don't they? Or is that for another show? Uh, it's you know it can be here. It is cyclical. So, but whatever. <laughs> tonight, interesting subject that we have tonight. Uh, I was taking a look at the uh, paper, the Orange County Register, and they had an article about a CBS show called Undercover Boss. And in this particular show, it has to deal with water parks, the, the CEO of a company that owns a number of water parks. And what was interesting is they're talking about, built in both the newspaper article, and I guess they mentioned it during the show, it, the, we're, that show hasn't aired here in our area yet, but they're talking about building a water park down the street from Disneyland in Garden Grove. And I think we've talked about this before. Do you remember if we talked about water parks before? Well, we have talked about um, uh, what Garden Grove wanted to do with their own theme park and redevelopment and all that. It's been a while, but um, you know, we have, we have talked about it in the past. But do you, what do you think? Would a they, they, we, we've talked about theme parks, but would a a water park work? I mean, we have two water parks in this area. One is Raging Waters, which has been around for gee, I guess about thirty, well, almost thirty years, uh, up in Los Angeles County and San Dimas. And we have down in Irvine uh, at the old Lion Country Safari is uh, Raging uh, Rivers. No, Wild Rivers, I'm sorry, Wild Rivers, uh, which has been around, gee, about, I want to say about 20 years down there. And it's it's been going through uh, getting its lease extended year by year. I found out uh, just a couple weeks ago it was in that they've been extended one more year on the lease. So Wild Rivers will be in existence for one more summer, but it's going literally year by year because they keep wanting to use that land for more houses and more uh shopping centers yeah well there's also one at knott's berry farm that you forgot oh how can i forget that that's literally a half a mile away from my house soak city uh which have you ever been to soak city i have not been to any of the southern california (laughs) parks i can I, i can at least say i have been to all of them now i went to soak city this summer my kids uh my son went there uh with, uh, no, not him. His, my daughter went there with her class in school. Excuse me a second. <coughs> Still getting over a little bit of a cold here. But my daughter went there with her class in school, promptly got a nice sunburn, and my son wanted to go, so we ended up having to take the family over there during the summer. It's not too bad. Um, it's, you know, it's it's still... 25, 30 bucks a person to get in there. And for a place that, 
you're in essence um, going on water slides. The lazy river, I mean, I spent pretty much my entire day either just lounging around and getting sunburned myself that day or sitting in the lazy river getting sunburned. I'm not a big water slide guy. Um, but it was okay, I guess. I, I enjoy myself kind of wild rivers a little bit more, and I think Raging Waters is probably the, one of the better parks. But it's one of the oldest, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't go to the the water parks. <laughs> now, you have been to the water parks over in Florida, though. I have not. Yes, I have. And, you know, basically because the kids wanted to. I mean, I had, I had a good time. Uh, don't get me wrong. And... You know, the theming is nice and all that. Um, though, when I go, you know, with the dudes to Florida, we we never go to the water park. Oh, you, you don't go to the, you don't go sit in the, in your swimsuits with the dudes? Well, it's, it's not that. It's like, it's, it's just something we've never done. Uh, uh, we don't, we don't really take the time out of our, our schedule to, um, to do that. <clears throat> no, and admittedly, you know, I would have never, it, when I, the last time I went to Wild Rivers, uh, I was with uh, s some friends that had kids, and the last time I was at Raging Waterwell, I was still in college at the time. So the only reason I went to Soak City was because my kids wanted to go there now. We will probably end up going to one of the other parks because my kids want to go there. It's not something I would necessarily uh, go to if it was just the wife and I. I definitely would not go to. We just as soon save the money and sit out at the pool. Um, well, the you know the pool is not quite the same <clears throat> as the water park. That's why they're there. Though a couple of the pools do have a slide or two, depending on which one you go to. Right, right. But I mean. The, like I said, I'm not a big water slide guy, so and quite frankly, if I sit at the pool too long, I could probably get myself in trouble. You know, it's like that uh, Corona commercial with the lime in the eye. But so I guess the question is, scenes what the type of you know Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland, that type of stuff, which is real family oriented, and also the uh, what do you want to say? the mid or late twenties, early thirties, the people that have tend to have the money, the, ex, uh, the, the, uh, Oh, you forgot one other water park. Um, which I, think one it, I think it's still there. Uh, up, up off the 91. Up off the 91. By concourse. Oh, the, the oh, you're thinking of just the, those are a couple water slides over at Camelot golf course. Yeah. It's, it's much a water park as the next one. Yeah. Okay, well, then you'd have to count a few other water slides that are around. Is it, doesn't Boomers have a water slide over there by uh, Magnolia in the 405? No. No, they they used to. Not and that I know of. Oh. And there was a one that used to be over, and I think they might have well, rebuilt remember, it over. Remember, used to be you don't count because it used to be. It's not used to be. current anymore. Oh, okay. The, but the regardless, the, yeah. I uh, by Disneyland, I think if they were closer where people could get to them on Disney property uh, like they can in Florida on a bus or some kind of transportation, I think they could do fairly well. Um, down in Garden Grove, we're going to have to get your vehicle to go there. I don't I don't know. Uh, for the average uh, tourist, you got me. I mean, uh, like I say, the one thing about the ones on Disney World property is 
they are on Disney World property. You either drive your car or take the bus. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of people opt for the bus because they can get the bus wet rather than their own car. But I don't know. You know, it's and and you kind of have a captive audience in a way there too. I mean, you you're staying in the bubble on something like this in Anaheim, going to Garden Grove. You're going to be going outside the quote unquote resort, uh, going to somebody else. I, it, it would be any okay when you went in Florida. You were, were going over to Universal. Did you feel like you're going out of the bubble or yes. doing anything major when you were going over to Universal, or did it feel like oh, this is just you know another park that's in the neighborhood? I said yes. I, it was out of the bubble. It was out of the bubble. So, would, so I guess the question: If say, uh, uh, what is it, um, Typhoon Lagoon or something like that? were outside the bubble if it was owned by somebody else like SeaWorld or Universal would it be something that you would have gone to no so it's because they were within the resort yes and they were also under my uh, passes to go but no additional charges which also makes things very helpful too correct so is it just a bad night tonight why you say that? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like we're just in a really. Well, you came up with the subject, and I don't have a lot to say about it. So, oh. I mean, it's, you know. Oh, okay. Well, do you have a lot to say about it, about a subject of yours tonight? No, no. I wanted to give oh. your subject its due, and it's due. I'm okay. listening. I mean, you asked me a question. I said yes, and you just kept going. Uh, oh. You know, when I asked you earlier before we started, yes or no questions, you gave me long, you know, verbose answers. It was a yes or no question. Uh, you asked me, and I gave you the yes or no. So, well, you're, ask, you're asking me like a lawyer. Well, I asked you a yes or no question. That's all I <laughs> and needed. I, and, and I said indirectly. Indirectly, yes. It's not a direct yes or no. Yes, it, well, the question I asked was, but forget it. Um, anything happening at the park lately of interest? Of interest. The uh, Of the, interest. Keep, keep it of interest, not... Halloween parties started Friday night. Okay. That's of interest. If you're going, sure. By the time Mike gets around to posting this show, it will be... We'll be on the Christmas show. It'll be long past, yeah. Yeah. So so I guess that's not really of any particular interest currently because it'll be dated material. Perhaps we should talk about... We're not streaming, you know, so... Perhaps we should talk about Tron tonight. <laughs> uh, it, how can we talk about something we haven't seen? We're hoping to see it. Uh, I want to see it, but without seeing it, it's kind of hard to talk about. I saw some of the new merchandise. Yeah. You do realize that um, the younger Kevin Flynn, the younger Jeff Bridges you see in the orange, is Clue, who was the program that you saw at the beginning of the original movie. Okay. I was always wondering about that, but when I saw the when I saw the merchandise and it had the orange Jeff Bridges and it had Clue on there, aha, that's it. So I'm thinking what's happening is Clue has kind of become a renegade in the system and is kind of trying to strong arm some things, and Je- that's kind of holding Jeff Bridges hostage in a way. Gotcha. That's yeah. just a thought. Well, it's more than a thought than I have because I'm waiting to see the movie. Oh, okay. So. Um, visited the studio last week. That, that was kind of interesting. Uh, uh, a friend was in town from D.C. Uh, some people know him as the Esquire. I know him as Matt. Uh, 
or I guess you could call him Matt the Esquire. Uh, he and I visited the studio, I guess it was last last Friday. I guess it was pretty recent, last Friday. Um, spent most of the day there, not not the whole day. Drove him, came the grand circle tour of WDI from the outside. That's about all, <laughs> all we can it's do. It's always interesting. Yeah, about all we can do at the moment uh, in the local ABC station that's, or a building uh, uh, studio, I, sh- I guess I should say, that's right right there adjacent to it also, right next to the R&D, and also DreamWorks uh, animations all right there. So we did that little Grand Circle tour. Um, drove over to the lot, went on the Buena Vista entrance. We were redirected to the uh, Riverside and Zorro entrance, or Zorro lot, I should say, because of uh, um, the Buena Vista entrance was full, full of a lot of production trucks. Oh, it so, is. Oh. oh yeah, they're, they're they're in full production for all kinds of series right now, and even the street oh. right behind the studio was closed off. They had police out there, and they had um, uh, trucks. Uh, from what I understand, they were shooting criminal mines on that street. I guess a lot of people die on that street in criminal mines right, oh. behind, right behind the studios. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hearing. I guess Richard is having a, a an attack. So I'll just try to keep on going, uh, and one day he'll rejoin us once he starts his heaving. Um, Sorry. I uh, went to go hit the interrupt button, and my fingers slipped there. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so we no, have... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, uh, you're talking about the Buena Vista interest and everything. I was just reading an article in um, the uh, Disney Newsreel, which is the uh, little company news news. Uh, letter newspaper for the uh, studios and there was an article about no ordinary family and they were saying how they had to close that lot because they had to use a huge green screen to put um, I'm trying to remember who it plays the mom they were using it for her on this huge green screen and they couldn't do it inside the studio they needed to do it outside for some reason so they had the lot closed off for that so i was wondering if they're doing any more stuff like that out I, there i didn't see the screens up but a lot of production trucks and trailers and uh, things of that nature out there so um so that was all right so we went over and par- i hadn't parked in the zorro before i, I usually end up parking uh i'm parked in the AB- well they don't even have the abc sign on it anymore there's a story behind it i just don't have all the details yet um but I parked in that building about four or five stories down. It's amazing how how many levels of parking is underneath <laughs> there. And then the Zorro was the same thing. We ended up about uh, three or four down on Zorro. And uh, our appointment was unavailable for quite a while. So we just, you know, st- stuck the visitor badges in our pocket, walked around the studio like we owned it. No one ever questioned a thing. Um, walked around all the different buildings, looked around. It kind of gave Matt the, the Grand Circle tour, took a few pictures, uh, kept a little point and shoot in my pocket. So, uh, Did you uh, take him by the what's left of the old back lot with the uh, street windows and everything? Yeah, we actually took a, a picture along there. Uh, sat, and if we would have had a cigar or a cigarette, we could have smoked with the other second-class citizens who were out in the 110-degree <laughs> heat also. Um, you know, it's, had a drink. Well, he had a drink at Starbucks. I'm not a big Starbucks fan, but we. But it's it. it's the right season now. It's your uh, what is it? Your pumpkin spice, uh, the tea or whatever it is that you always like. Apples, uh, apple spice. I say one of these days you're gonna get it right about where I like to eat and what I like to drink. I do like the apple drink they have, but it's available 
24 7 365 days oh it is i thought it was a seasonal drink no no um but we did eat at the commissary hung around there and um uh, so it was it was interesting to you know i showed them all the places i knew that things were going on what was what was going on we showed them the alias tunnel and ended up actually in that tunnel a few times i'm not sure why we ended up ended up back there but um so we did we did have a good time uh, wandering around it was so hot even the squirrels weren't around <laughs> i think we saw maybe one squirrel uh, later in the day when we were there but we had to get back cuz i i had actually i guess it was thursday no, oh no it was last monday now that i think about it it was last monday because um i had to get back for school and then of ah. course the wonderful interchange of the 65 and the 10 was a dead stop. There was a little brush fire up in the center divider, and that oh, uh-huh. already horrible transition. That's I think one lane to each freeway. It's just a horrible, it's, horrible transition. It's that wonderful modern convenience that was created back in the fifties called called the East LA Interchange. You remember it was mentioned in Roger Rabbit. Yeah, well, it's only you know, a tune can think of something like that. Just got to remember the current governor. Or the current one of the current individuals running for governor governor is one of the people who stopped most of the construction in the state, saying we were done. Yeah. So yet his father was actually a pretty the decent that, governor. So yeah. Go figure. But so anyway, you know, we <clears throat> didn't see. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff's going on there, but most of it was behind closed doors, of course. But of uh, course. But you know, we walked around the studio, just hung out, and you know, saw a few people we knew wandering by us here and there. But you know, you never were kind of reach out and touch them or say anything. Just you know, nod and say hello, and everybody's a happy family and happy camper moving around. So that's it. Yeah, I was asking about the back lot. I. My daughter is reading the book, Something Wicked This Way Comes, so of course I had to pull out the movie, and we were watching it, and it just reminded me about what used to be out there, that whole set, everything that was in that movie was shot either on the set over there at the studios or over at uh, Golden Oak Ranch. Well, so. tell, tell her to go to my uh, Facebook page, and I found some old images I had taken on one of the tours, They've faded for, with years. I didn't uh, scan them from the original slide or um, negative. I scanned them from the photographs. But if you want to see what that old back lot uh, looks like, yeah. uh, I have photographs on my Facebook page she could take a look at and really kind of you know, pull it all together, if you will. Yeah, I was trying to let, let her enjoy the movie instead of saying, yeah, just right up that road was the Pink Mansion from Down and Out. And right over there was Fred McMurray's place from... Uh is that still standing? The old house, the old Fred McMurray house from uh, none of the home, none of the homes are standing. In fact, right. the only thing standing is some storefronts that they kind of propped up, if you will. Uh, on the back side of it is um, one of the well, uh, work ha- uh, workshops, but that's the only thing that's left. That's that's that street that's facing right near. Uh, Six and seven in the uh, that is Frank Wells building. Okay, yeah, yeah that's correct. So I couldn't. Re- I, it's been a while since I, I couldn't remember if they had left the uh, house standing over because the house used to be over there by the uh, mill shop, the uh, carpenter area, and I couldn't remember if they had left it alone or if it had already been torn out for something else. No, all, all that you know, the street you saw in Fright Night and all that. That's all. That's all gone. Oh, I forgot it was in Fright Night too. Yeah, I, I well, Fright, yeah, Fright Night, not Fright Night too. I hear there's there's gonna be a remake. Yes, but... Fright Night also. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I went and tried to watch it the other day on Netflix. Um, what a horrible, horrible, horrible 
and I will say again, horrible movie. Which? The first or the second? Uh, the second one's not made yet. Um, oh. So the first, the Bright, original. Bright, Bright Night was that bad? Yes. You know, maybe it's, it's been the, so long since I've seen it. I still think of I still have very fond memories of it. Yeah, you would. But um, <laughs> maybe it's, again, because I'm back in school and I'm looking at these things. But there's, like, continuity errors all over. Horrible oh, yeah. acting. Uh, but it was interesting to see the street again. And the funny thing was, I don't think they had to dress it up much because it looked horrible, looked in bad repair, and I believe that was the uh, what they were going for in the film. And it was just bad. But, you know, when you open a door on a facade and you see a little sidewall right at the door, then they cut to the interior shot. There is no such intersecting wall on the interior. Um <laughs> That on top of horrible, horrible acting. One of them being... I'm going to have to watch this thing again. It was on... Uh, one of them being the the um, gay next-door neighbor from... Oh, I'm sorry. She she wasn't gay on the show, but she is gay in real life. Um, uh, I can't, I'm thinking of her name. She's got real cropped hair. She was on Married with Children and the next-door neighbor. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's a young actress in this one and not much of a better actress. Well... Pretty much the same. Horrible actress as she was on TV. She was in this film. <laughs> and uh, about the only saving grace was the the kind of um, odd character played by Mickey, or not Mickey Rooney, uh, but... Roddy uh, 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 Rod, Rod, Yes. Uh, the old uh, Planet of the Apes dude. Yeah, I want to uh, say Roddy McDowell. Yes, yes, Roddy McDowell. Roddy who, uh, Malcolm McDowell is the other one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's no not, relation. Not, it's Rodney, Rodney McDowell. Yeah. But there was, uh, there was no really mansion for down out Beverly Hills. It was the pool area. Just like the they had the backside for uh, well, uh, Splash. Yeah. They had the back of the house where the pool and all that. But that, that was Right. It, it, it was the whole back, part, back facade of the house with the pool right there. And it was just the pink mansion. And they had the uh, mini, uh, minaret next door for the... Uh, Arabs that that lived next door. Yeah, actually, I actually don't remember the back of the pink mansion, um, though I do remember the um, the house from Splash, or the basically the backyard and Million Dollar Duck and and all those house and Splash. Yeah, the uh, or maybe I'm mixing it up with the uh, couldn't be down out in Beverly Hills because it wasn't a huge um, pink mansion. It was just kind of a normal backyard. God, what was yeah, it? but it was it was down and out in Beverly Hills that the Pink Mansion was built for. You're thinking of the uh, Million Dollar Duck, the pool that was there that was used in Splash when they needed to film some underwater sequences in that. No, not not what I'm thinking of, because uh, the Million Dollar Duck house is uh, a different looking house. God, you know, somewhere I've got pictures of this one too. Uh, it's gonna it's been a while. Uh, forgive me, but uh, if it was down and out in Beverly Hills, it, there was no Pink Mansion at the time. I walked around there. The pool was there and stuff. But anyways, uh, moving on. So that's you know that I was able to arrange this for uh, my buddy, and he was quite grateful. Kind of was kind of like uh, I got an email like, you know, I'm insanely jealous of what you and Chris did. Something something to that that effect. <laughs> you know, and if you can do it, no big deal. If you can't, you'll give me all kinds of outs. But I managed to to arrange it. I wish he would have been able to do it on the previous Friday because we might have got Jimmy Kimmel on top of it but since i had i have no school on friday but on monday i do so it, yeah. was, it was his choice his loss and um you know 
I haven't heard from the bum since, so who knows? You know, we might just have to <laughs> have to come to terms about that. But you know, take, use me and lose me. What you know, I'm used to it. So abuse you. That's right. That's right. So, short of that, um, that was my only Disney thing I can think of. I missed. I was supposed to go to an animation thing. I I uh, I just got caught up in all. That was what I was supposed to do Friday. I was like, what What was I supposed to do Friday? There was a. Um, Oh, some some kind of thing like almost like a reunion for a lot of the Disney afternoon artists. Yeah, it's called the um, what was it the uh, the ASIFA Hollywood proudly presents Disney Television Animation Reunion and Panto or Panel. It was going to be at the Fletcher Jones Foundation Theater at the Woodbury University University, and I I was bummed I missed it, uh, couldn't make it, but maybe next time. And yeah. I was kind of surprised that to see you and Mike didn't spend a little bit more time around when we had all the uh, D23 activities going around over at the Disneyland Hotel, just to see who might have been hanging around over that area. At least, well, that was the weekend that you guys did go in the parks there, but I didn't. But you really didn't mention anything. Did you get a chance to see anything that happened with the D23 stuff that went on over there? Uh, I'm no longer a member of D23. Haven't been uh, for quite a while. Uh, so no. I wasn't really even paying attention. I knew, I was invited to one, like, meet and greet. I don't know that I would say I was personally invited because I think everybody in the guy's group list was invited. <laughs> and that was on Thursday afternoon. I was at my veterans uh, job club thing, uh, so I didn't make it back. Uh, then I'd go make my grandmother's lunch or all that. So I didn't have time to get back to uh, to do that. But it was just more like, a, you know, let's all go ride something. It wasn't anything special and Quite frankly, all those, you know, you know, those D23 things. Oh, we're going to meet up with, uh, you know, Rolly Crump. Okay, yeah, been there, done that, right? You know, we're going to go meet up with this guy or that guy. We've been there, done that. So we've seen all these guys back when they were a little younger and a little more senile. Or, I mean, a little more. A little, uh, little less senile? A little less senile, a little more lucid. Actually, yeah. <laughs> right, you know, uh, I mean, you know, how many people can actually say they went and met John Hinch in his. Uh, um, office. Yeah. You know, so, th- you know, that's, that's one of those things, you know, you just, you just kind of pocket that memory, bring it up every now and then when it makes you feel good. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I remember some John and, Oh, now I'm looking right at him. I can't even think of his name right in there. Um, Claude Coates yeah. used to go into their offices all the time. So Man, those well, are some old names yeah, there. You, you shouldn't say what you were doing in those offices by yourself, but uh, you went. In, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, no. I was not. By, I was talking with them. Uh, oh boy, you're gonna get me in trouble now. Yeah, now all your your secrets are coming out. Yeah, all my secrets. Oh, got some. Uh, we're getting ready to do uh, ambassador ceremony. Yeah, well, it all. It, by the time this is aired, it'll already be out, and you'll already know who the new ambassadors are. We don't right now because it's a week before the ambassador ceremony. But uh, you know, quite frankly, I don't care. Never did when I was there. Um, I, I've always thought it's you know diluted since there's been guys. And uh, sorry to say that, I just um, to me it was always a chick thing. It's going to sound very sexist, but to me the ambassadors were always women and. I kind of liked it that way. They added the dudes. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I guess it's, it's the 90s or whenever we started to have dudes. And, dudes. Um, we've, had, we've had some pretty decent dude ambassadors, I guess. Uh, I'm sure they are, but I, I don't really interact with the ambassadors. So 
they're they're not really for the cast members. They're for going out to see other people. So I never I really got that hooked up or into the whole who's the ambassador thing. It just never really meant that much to me. I don't know. I mean, even before when I was in outdoor vending, uh, we knew the, and even before outdoor vending, when I was over at Tomorrowland Terrace, we got to know the ambassador. The ambassadors uh, did their cross training with. Uh, I mean, they they got a little bit of training in in all the different areas to get a taste of it. We had ambassadors when I was at the restaurant. We had amb- the ambassadors when we, I was in vending, and that got us one. It got us to know who the ambassador was, and just got us more. Uh, what do you want to say? More involved in keeping track of what was happening on things. Then, you know, afterwards, you kind of lost track during the winter months, but then it picked up during the summer. I don't know. Even before I did the work I'm doing now, I got to know the ambassadors. I can't say that I ever saw an ambassador in the workplace when I worked there and don't know. Like I said, don't really care. The ambassador was meant to be, uh, you know, a face to the public, someone to go meet and greet and shake hands, look pretty, talk about uh, the whole Disney thing. And, you know, like yeah. I said, couldn't couldn't really care less. Yeah, having on, I uh, got a chance to go with the ambassadors on a few little junkets and see what see them doing their job. And I was the uh, I was the AV nerd support, um, so got to see them do their job and everything. And yeah, it was interesting. It was fun. What can I say? It, it was interesting to see them get out of uh, when somebody asked that. Uh, all embarrassing question of whatever came up on the news this last week that they're really not supposed to talk about. What so. the, the hijab? Hmm. The hijab. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, you 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 said it like it just happened. So you're not... oh no no when I when I would watch them because in you know there's always going to be one controversy or or another that's going on and. Inevitably, somebody always asks, well, what's going on with this? You know, the ambassadors aren't supposed to be talking about that. They're supposed to be, they got their set little talking points that they're supposed to stay on. And it's just, uh, it was kind of fun and interesting to watch them pull themselves out of that and keep I, on their talking points. So. I can't say in all the years I worked for Disney, there were that many things in the news that you just couldn't wait or it would be embarrassing for them to answer. I mean, most of the time it's like, hey, that's, you know, it's not my area. You know, well, I- one, one that always stands out in my mind was we were, uh, it was November, I want to say, maybe it was October, November. We had started the uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas over at the Haunted Mansion. I guess we were in well into October. And we were just doing a uh, Rotary Club meeting over in Long Beach and one of the guys comes up on how horrible this movie is and how uh, disgraceful it is on making, doing this type of thing for Christmas and destroying the whole idea. And it just, what do you have to say about this? <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. <laughs> you know, this guy was just waylaying into the poor girl, and she got herself out of it. She kept her uh, composure and got her out of it, so... I don't remember what she said, but because I'm trying to think, okay, how would I handle this one? But um, she kept her composure and got her, got her through her. So that, that's the one that kind of stands out in my mind. One talking about Nightmare Before Christmas, not any of the other newsmaker stories. Well, I guess we could talk a little bit about Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you ridden it this year? I have not ridden on the mansion yet. Okay, I guess I can talk about it. But uh, you can talk about it. I I did ride it with Michael, 
uh, last week. And let's see, was I with Mike? No, I was sitting with John Dub, I believe. Um, Mike has a hard time being quiet, even when he knows the camera's running. But that's a, <laughs> that's another story for another time. I swear to God, and he knows I'm recording sometimes. He just cannot resist saying things. Um, but that's okay. I Unlike Paul Barry, when I've ridden with him, he doesn't say, okay, you know, you can't talk for the next 15, 20 minutes, whatever the ride length is. Um, and I kind of do that without saying it. If I see the guy getting his camera ready, I, I'm just like, okay, it's time to zip it up for a while. But, um, you know, he will mention it just to make sure if that's the kind of thing he's going for. Um, and I just respect that someone's pointing their camera and that they don't want to hear me talking or whispering in their ear. Mike, for some reason, hasn't figured that out. Um, well, at least he doesn't pick up the cell phone call during the middle of the, sh- the uh, ride. Uh, I can't say that he hasn't, but I can't. <laughs> but I can't say that he has either. But regardless, uh, there was at least uh, one new thing. I, I do know that you know the the gingerbread house. Uh, uh, you know, is different every year. Right. Now, Mike said something was working. That he was there two days before. I rode that wasn't working this time. So, I, that, yeah, he was talking about uh, a guy that was up on a pole. I want to say. Oh, so have we, did we talk about this last week? I guess maybe? we talked a little bit about it last week. Oh, okay. Uh, it's been so long, and so much has happened since then. Uh, I know. The <laughs> so, weeks get longer now. So maybe, or, or is it just the senilities kicking in? Uh, no, it's the trying to find a job and everything else on in my life. But may, so we've already talked about this. You know that. But we we can talk about it some uh, more. Well. You know, um, oh, let me ask you this, because I don't remember if it, yeah, it was Mike insisting that the gingerbread smell was new. I I swore I've smelled the gingerbread smell before. I want to say we've smelled it before, because that's not an entirely new technology, and I want to say that that's been around. Just because it's not new doesn't mean it hasn't. Hasn't been added new, but yeah. I want to say that we've had it there before. It might not have worked in the pa- all the time in the sure. past, but I want to say yeah. it's been there. Yeah, who knows? But uh, uh, you know, I got I do have to go on it uh, soon. I do need to take a look at. I want to see what the new projectors look like on uh, Space Mountain again. Um, uh, take a look and see what Ghost Galaxy looks like. Now, I had, I heard on they were talking about putting a mist curtain on Space Mountain similar to what they have on Davy Jones over in Pirates uh, near the end of it where they got a projector on a mist curtain and you go blasting through the mist curtain on Space Mountain. Was there anything well, like I, that when you went on it? I have not ridden it this season. I've only watched the shows on the outside. Uh, um, the kids have ridden it or some of the kids have ridden They didn't say anything like that. Um, so far the people I've went with have not wanted to spend the 50 or more minutes waiting in line and when it's too late in the night to get a fast pass so yeah uh, that is still an extremely popular one with uh halloween right now yeah it's fun i should just run in there some morning you know in the morning when the park opens and yeah hit yeah. it up when it's short but uh you know yeah we open up at uh 10 o'clock tomorrow morning wow that's just bright and early isn't it yeah see you can be one of the first people right there on the uh, attraction yeah, that. And you don't even have to worry about the uh, magic morning ahead of you. Why is that? No magic morning? There's no magic morning tomorrow. I don't know if I'll get to it tomorrow, but uh, needless to say, this is the time I should, you know, when I'm still off work, get there first thing in the morning uh, rather than, uh, you know, wait for you know, yeah. later in the day and do that. And that, that would be a good thing to do. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Uh, I haven't heard anybody say that it seemed any, you know, significant difference from last year, but I haven't written it yet, and I have last year's recorded, so there would be, you know, be an easy thing to to check again. Make comparisons on. Uh, but yeah, I do want to do that before. When, when do you know when it uh, ends? How long it's going to run? Uh, Ghost Galaxy will uh, should run through, I think, like the second. Second of November, roughly. Yeah, yeah second okay. of November. All right. Well, that's that's a good thing to know because I'll uh, I'll have to get over there and do that. Then, of course, do you do you now? Please only answer if you absolutely know and don't make anything up on this. <laughs> I know you. Do sitting. I ever make things up? Um, apparently so Shut because up. we've had enough <laughs> corrections over the years. Uh, <laughs> and I'm actually gonna. Um, Look this up as we're talking, but there is a tree in. Um, why are you clicking off that much? Are you like heaving and hacking over there? No, I'm. I I still got this little cough, and I'm trying. To, yeah, I gotta get a new switch. This switch is getting awfully dirty here. Sorry about the clicking on and off. Yes, I'm coughing every now and then. I'm trying not to. So you can also you know turn away and hold the right position and just cough. Yeah, I tried that a couple times. It wasn't working too well. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this. Oh. When, when I was turning away, I was glancing at this little view meter here, and it's still popping up. And it's like, all right. Anyways, over in Frontierland, there is a tree that has been inspired by Ray Bradbury. Okay, and I, I just looked it up. The yes. Okay, it's the Halloween tree. Illustrated yes. by Joseph Maga, Maganini or something like that. Over in front of the Silver Spur. So it's by Ray. It's okay. So it's a book by Ray Bradbury called The Halloween Tree. So the summary is a group of eight boys set out to go trick-or-treating on Halloween, only to discover that a ninth friend, Pipkin, has been whisked away on a journey that could determine whether he lives or dies. How exciting. So eight boys set out, and they discover that a ninth has been whisked away. I don't know how you discover the ninth. If when only there's only eight. eight of you. So, anyways, I guess, I don't know how long this has been going on. Um, I guess, Oh, there's a full-length uh, animated version of the novel for television. I wonder if I can find that on Netflix. I will back. Or Hulu. Yeah, I guess I could always go to Hulu. I've got my Netflix subscription, so I like to use it as much as I can. But anyways, you know, this this has turned up in Disneyland. I'm not sure how many years it's been going now. But, it's you know, it's a cool-looking tree. It's been at least a couple. I can't. I do not know how many years myself. I do remember when Bray Brad, uh, Bradbury had come in and did do a dedication. I want to say it's like this might be the second or third year. I do remember it last year. I want to say it's the third year that we've had that tree. Oh, let's see. Oh, but I do not uh, know for sure. You know what? You, you're you pretty close, it sounds like. As I scrolled down, on October 31st, 2007, Bradbury attended the presentation of a Halloween tree at Disneyland in California to be included as part of its annual park-wide Halloween decorations every year. So this is the fourth year. Yeah, so you are about correct. It doesn't look like... It is available on Netflix. So, well, well, as I said that, I'm scrolling down and scrolling down. That's funny. They've already got Harry Potter and the 
Deathly Hollows Part 1, which has not been released yet, but I can save it to make sure it's in my queue when it does get released. That kind of stuff. <laughs> that kind of stuff cracks me up. I mean, the movie is not even in the theaters yet. Yeah. Um, and Part 2, well, uh, which I don't think... Well, it, was, it concerns me mm. even more, and you as a... Uh, now coming into the business of filming is now they're making deals with DVD releases within a couple weeks of a release in theater or at the same time they release it in the theater. Well, remember, that was one of Bob Iger's uh, new ideas to be on the cutting edge. And I, uh, you know what? Well, here, here's the funny thing, too. Let's let's jump over there for a minute. First, I'm going to say I'm not really sure why Disneyland got in the whole into the whole Ray Bradbury tree and why is it in Frontierland? Um, I guess maybe I should look up this book and read it or, you know, uh, watch the movie, but I can't seem to find it or possibly even, um, find a, um, an audible find, no, not a clip, no audible, find a, uh, um, recorded version that I could listen to. I was just going to go find the cliff notes for it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the whole cliff note thing, but anyways, um, over to, (laughs) see, you, you mentioned a film, um. Or releasing films right Releasing away. films and releasing DVDs simultaneously. Now, so now, I do know that in television, if you release a DVD of the television series within X amount of time, and I, I, and I don't know what that time is, okay? I'm just saying I know there is a time. Yeah. If you release it quick enough, it's considered promotional. And it all has to do with paying residuals and stuff and royalties Mm. so by releasing it sooner it saves the studio's money ah okay okay. there you go does nothing for the actor the writers and everybody else but you know does screws everybody else but it's a tax write-off for the studio i didn't say tax write-off but it just saves them some things now (laughs) film-wise that's it's and it, it just partly comes to mind because not that long ago on netflix and i'm not Shilling for them anymore because I actually need to go remove that off my website. Um, they've ended. Netflix has cut back. Uh, I guess economics or whatever. Obamanomics. Uh, they are no longer sponsoring a lot of shows. They've just pr- pretty much pulled their um, some of their ad campaigns and the ones for podcasting are are one of them. Oh wow! Uh, I just will keep talking about Netflix because I actually think it's a great service. So I I, I do like it. But moving on. I watched a um, a uh, documentary on Apple not that long ago, and it was done a while ago. It was done before the iPhone came out. They were mentioning the iPhone in the uh, <coughs> with some of their interviews, so I know roughly about the time, you know, excuse me, it was done. So they went back and they were talking about when um, QuickTime first came out. You know, it's a whole other section of the company that was working on it, and some of the people are like, who wants to watch postage-sized movies, you know, right? We remember when they, <laughs> when they first came out, and, you know, the kids would all watch these, like, scratchy, yeah. bad copies, and, you know, it's getting better and better, but, you know, you and I grew up with 13-inch TVs, and then, you know, 17s, oh, 20, 25s, oh, my God, I've got a 25-inch TV. Oh, yeah, but, I remember when I got a 19-inch no. TV, and it was like, oh, I got a big TV. Now, the monitor I sit in front of for my computer is almost as large as those old console TVs. I mean, it's 24 inches versus the, the 25. And, you know, according to, and I've got, I don't know, 52-inch now, I think, is the, the biggest TV I have. So we keep thinking bigger, bigger, bigger. The kids don't seem to care if they watch 
a movie, let's say Star Trek, because it's a nice widescreen or Dark Knight or something like that. They don't care if they watch that on little iPods. Yeah. All right. So now we're kind of back to, oh, it's okay to watch it small again. So I'm wondering if because uh, the the kids or maybe not just kids, but the people who are plugged into technology today don't care as much if they see it on the big screen. And they don't mind watching it on their little personal device. You, I'm sure you've seen the television commercial. I know, I know my instructor was very excited about this particular commercial. He just records commercials sometimes just uh, to watch them later. And here I've, I've got a fight with the wife because she wants to uh, fast forward on the DVR through them all. <laughs> um, and I don't mind. For most of them, I don't mind. Uh, but... Uh, I do want to stop on one of those uh, male enhancement things where they give you all the things that, you know, could be side effects because I, wor <laughs> I worked up a commercial for a haggis to be the, the natural. Um, uh, natural male enhancement. Yeah, you don't need all those blue pills and operations and pumps because you got haggis, you know. Haggis. Any man that eats haggis uh, can satisfy those, you know, hit that lady part with their big manly meat. Well, but, what, you, uh, what, you need, what you need is you need to have one of the disclaimers like they have at the end of uh, the Big Bang Theory, where they're always changing the, the at the end of the show and they put in the copyright and there's this huge paragraph of stuff that is up there for maybe half a second or so. You have to stop it and hold on the frame. Okay, I, I, I don't never notice it. Don't do that. Uh, so if, if it'd be like the end of Bill Handel show where they apologize to everybody they've made fun of through the show. Yeah. But, um, Oh no, it's, it's great. Cause it's like an ongoing story coming from the writers, from the uh, producers, the uh, creators journal. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, I, you know, I'm just wondering, that's part of the thing, you know, they'll release on time or at the same time concurrently or go to DVD very quickly after, you know, is it going to make them the same amount of money? I don't know. I still believe there are films that should be seen in a theater and should be seen with groups. We were discussing one of your uh, favorite toss-off films, and I say toss-off because you really don't want to acknowledge it as a film, um, Paranormal Activity. We were talking about <laughs> it at school the other night, a couple of weeks ago. And they, oh, terrible movie. I saw it. It was so terrible. I said, did you see it in a theater? Or did you yeah. see it at home? And the guy said, so I, I rented it on DVD or something. I'm like, that, this is not a movie that you sit and watch at home by yourself or maybe with one or two people. <laughs> what made the movie interesting for me, I had two things. Two things were going for me. I looked it up a little bit to try to find some information because I wanted to know the background behind it. Made for very little money. It's basically a student film that was going around film festivals. And I'm starting to think that there was a film festival that – you had to use the word par paranormal in because there's another one called paranormal something else that is a very close, I don't, I'm not going to say knockoff because they were done about the same time. So, and they were done almost in the same kind of genre style. It makes me think it was like, you know, you, you, you entered a film festival, here's your outline of what you got to do, go. You know, come yeah, there, there, yeah, there are a few film festivals like that. They're kind of fun to play on. I've, I did it once back in college where I was working on another person's film, and you have like, you get the uh, information to you, and you have ten days, and you have to put something together and throw it back into them. The, like, the real fun ones is when you actually have to film in order, no editing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, and get it right in one take, which you know is a, always a challenge. Well, that that was our first project, one our second project when I in uh, film school, 
was film one order, no editing, no second takes. It has to be done. And that was my tennis film. So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of fun stuff. So there, the other one wasn't done as well. But paranormal, ter, para, paranormal Activity had been around the circuit for a while for film, film festivals. It got someone caught somebody's eye, they, you know, a studio release that they made a gazillion amount of money. I mean, they, they took a big amount of money. But these kids just go, oh, it was terrible, wasn't that scary. And I say, look, I sat in the theater and the first or second day it was out in a packed theater. And what made it kind of interesting and sometimes even frightening, I'm not going to say it was scary to me, the, the whole genre of what could be happening, I can, uh, I don't want to say buy into, but I can believe, because I believe there are spirits and things around us, um, and there's evil as well as good. So I could, I could understand some of this stuff could happen, you know. You know, I, I can believe the exorcist can happen short of the head spinning around in the pea soup and, and things of that nature. I've seen pea soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's coming out of the other end, though, and it's in a baby's diaper. I've seen it both ends. <laughs> Two exits, no waiting. Funny thing, I, I'm going I'm to do a little side note. I don't. I'll, I oh, watch, just a little side note? Yeah, on yeah. I, I watch some funny stuff on TV. I'm not one that always laughs out loud a lot. I, I can chuckle inside. I don't need to cackle. Like I can sometimes hear the wife and the girls in the other room when I'm recording or doing something else, and they're cackling at some... I mean, I'm like, how can you even hear the movie anymore? They're laughing so loud. But I was, I've been catching up on The Office Season 6 because last season I didn't get to watch it because, of course, the rest of the family had the DVR burning up, you know, both channels, and I, you know, I lost out. That's fine. I got other things to do. So it's just got released a couple days ago on Netflix. Um, so I'm watching it. There's a, um, there's an episode because Pam is pregnant now. Right. Right. And, uh, she asked nicely that people, you know, cut back on, uh, colognes, uh, smelly deodorants, <laughs> yeah. soaps, whatever it is. And they started to complain that, you know, they didn't like it, that she went and was throwing up all the time or smelled up the bed, whatever it was. And sh they weren't being nice. And, you know, the, uh, I think, um, I can't, can't remember the, can't, you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't, can't, can't remember the name of the character now. I'm going blank. But the one that thinks he's the assistant to the assistant regional Dwight. Man, Dwight. He's like peeling his apple or his uh, eggs and he's not going to change. So she just picks up the, uh, the trash can and pukes right there. <laughs> and it, it starts a chain reaction. <laughs> Because then other people uh, talk to the guy that's in uh, the guy that's in uh, when they go to Vegas overnight when they they find a baby and they're they're on the um, they're on the um, bachelor party. Oh, you just went on to a different movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in yeah. he's in uh, the office though. It's that guy. Um, uh, always calls uh, uh, the other guy the the. the Oh, the guy goes Nard Dog or whatever he calls himself. Yeah, right, right, I can't right. remember. So he's like talking to the interview. He says, "Some, you know, it, usually when someone vomits, it'll just make me vomit." He even talking, you know, and he starts. <laughs> but did you see the whole office? They're just yakking, except for like Dwight. He's still eating his egg, and the old the old dude that's always like saying he can get drugs or kill people. Yeah. Or whatever. and he's eating away. But everybody in the office is puking, and. I couldn't help it. I just burst out laughing. I could not believe I'm not, that this is funny. Typical guy humor stuff. Um, but, you know, it's like Blazing Saddles with, you know, the farting. Farts, but yeah. I've seen one other film like that where one, one, oh, wasn't it um, 
Wasn't it that Stephen King movie when the he was telling the kid was telling the stories uh, about oh, the not Stephen King the no. pie eating contest? Yeah, the, it's wasn't that part of the um, um, it's a short story. It's it's the four seasons and one of the where they go find the dead kid on the train tracks. Oh, uh, stand by me, stand by me. And they're talking about the was it the pie eating concert contest or a hot dog eating contest? I think it was the hot dog. He's eating telling contest. the story, yeah, and then he's one starts to puke and then everybody's puking and the whole place, yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah funny and, and like I say I, I I can smile I'll I'll smirk sometimes I'm watching but I rarely laugh out loud but that made me uh, <laughs> made me release it out loud so again going back to you know I think there are films you have to see with people because again what made that movie Back to Paranormal Activity somewhat interesting is the two guys sitting in front of me were squirming in their and these are like twenty somethings they're squirming in their seat the whole time the wife. Occasionally grabbing onto me, jumping, and occasionally I jumped because it was like a, a crowd reaction. Everybody jumped, and then they startled me, you know. And and I chuckled a little bit. I wasn't like laughing out loud as far as like the going nervous chuckle. No, no, no. It was it oh. was it was more the chuckle of this movie has sucked everybody in. Yeah. Whether or not it was really scary, and I thought it was tense at times, but it was watching everybody else in the theater move. Like, you know, when the guy the guy says he's going to go get the Ouija board, and it literally, the whole theater is like, <gasps> not that. It was like a collective sigh. And it's like, you know, when you hear about collective mass hysteria, things like that, you know, yeah. uh, collective UFO sightings or things like that, because they one see and, and then the whole crowd thinks they've seen it, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, you know, so that that's what you, you can't do that on a personal device or a DVD download yeah. or, a, you know, uh, I don't know. So I, I don't know if this will work. Uh, the, you know, you, movies are experiencing a little bit of a slowdown, but, you know, is, you is, know, is, is this going to help? I don't know. On, on that movie, I have given you so much shit about that movie because it is a crappy movie, and I will continue to give you shit on that movie. But you're absolutely right. That That's the perfect type of a movie that you really do need to have a lot of people around with you. And I know you've been trying to get Mike and I to come and watch it. See, uh, I, I don't believe it is my, it's a crappy my, movie. If you were to say one to ten, I'd give it probably a six, and I enjoyed it. Uh, my, my my comment, but, I, I will say, and I will, I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. Sure, I don't have a problem. Just, is if we get a time, I'll come over and watch the movie and everything. I know Mike doesn't want to, and that's his problem. But um, I have no problem. But but I will agree with you that there there are certain times where you just need that large group be able to watch movie and that, that's a perfect example of one because everybody does get into it it does draw the people in and i guess on that case okay the movie did okay that it, it, it did its job because the storyline and the movie drew everybody into the uh into the world that it was trying to create um one thing that you said you kind of went over it and it got me thinking on something i'm wondering because you're talking about the the techie people that don't mind seeing the postage stamp and they're willing to wait and uh, they won't necessarily go into the crowds in the theaters. They're willing to wait to rent it or get the digital copy onto their iPods. That might be part of the marketing plan there because the people that are going to go see it in the movie theaters, like you and I, we're going to go see it regardless in the movie theater because that's where we really like to enjoy experiencing a good movie. There are those that won't do it. They'll wait until... Um, it comes out onto a DVD or Blu-ray. Well, if you bring it out at the same time, they're buying it right now to watch it on DVD and Blu-ray. And it's not like you're going to lose their money 
because they're not going to go in the theater anyways. I, I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't know if that's entirely true, though. Um, there are those who wait right now strictly because they can't afford it. There are some that wait because they never go in the theater. But then you have the ones that do both. They go see it, and then they buy it later. Yeah. So now, will those people, when they have the opportunity to buy now, skip the theater? I know a lot of people don't like to get in the whole theater crowd. You go, especially in an opening weekend for a Pixar movie or, you know, whatever the latest blockbuster. I, I've been lucky because, if you can call being out of work lucky, if I haven't actually been to a film now since uh, Toy Story, but if you wanted to go to a film, I could go opening morning when nobody's there. Yeah. You know, so. My daughter wants to camp out when uh, the new Harry Potter comes out. All right, and all right, do, you, do you plan on doing that? I told her we might go opening weekend, but we're not camping out to see the uh, midnight show. You know, sometimes, believe it or not, the midnight shows don't require a lot of camping out. I've been to uh, the theater a couple times when there's going to be a midnight show, but I'm not there for that. And there's not that many people. My daughter will go to midnight shows a lot, and they're, they're not packed. You, it's not like you got to get there hours and hours before uh, yeah if, you know. if if it's a show that we can go there and just st stay there for a few hours that would be fine but i'm anticipating there's going to be some people with tents out there a couple days in advance there might be but there's always those and those kind of films and a lot of times uh, they're the anomaly and there's only a couple of them and then everybody else just shows up you know but yeah. i i expect the, these next two potter movies to be to be big um to be huge in fact uh, so, you know, it's it's very possible that they will get the big, huge crowds. But that first weekend is going to be crowded no matter what you do. So plan, yeah. on, plan on being there early no matter what if you're going to see it in the first weekend. Now, if that came out directly to, let's say, Redbox, Netflix, uh, pay-per-view, would you skip seeing it in the theater? No, I would still see it in the theater. What do you think your kids would do, though? If they could say, Dad, let's watch it right now, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, versus going to the theater, would you say, fine, I'll pay for it here? They'd want to see it at home. They would want. They would rather see it right now at home. Because mom could be cook, cooking them food. They could be sitting on the floor eating. They could, yeah. Them. And think they of that. They think, don't have to wait in the lines. Think of this. What, what's a pay-per-view pay -per movie cost in your system? Uh, it depends on the movie, but generally around about five, six bucks. Okay. And how many people get to enjoy that movie in your house? As, Four as people, many right? people are in the house, yeah. Right. Now, you go to the theater, you know, double, that, ahead, double yeah. that times by four. So where, how can they make the same? You know, I'm, you know see what I'm saying? I, I'm, maybe I'm missing something, but uh, it just doesn't seem like a win-win a for the studios. You know, what it could do is thin out some theaters, and still they make money I, I don't know i you know yeah. it's it's without it, actually knowing the actual uh, you know number side of the game we make some educated guesses or uneducated guesses i don't know we I, just make guesses there are some films i would probably just say yeah I'll, I'll i'll get it directly on on netflix <laughs> there are other films i want to see in the theater there are yeah. some that i've seen in both and i wish i would have only seen it at home some play to me more um like they should have been made for tv yeah. You know, oh, you know, this was kind of a TV movie. I, w I don't mind sitting on the couch eating some popcorn, but to have sat in the theater didn't seem quite worth the price. 
Right. Uh, not well, that they like were, not said, that they were poor movies. movies. It's just some movies don't deserve time on the big silver screen. Like what, like what I've said on many a movie where, yeah, it's good as long as you don't pay more than a matinee price for it. Yeah, that's possible. But then we can also look at it as, you know, it was, you know, somebody was paid to do it and we're not being paid to do it. So, you know, yeah. who, who are they, we they to... They made money, uh, we didn't, so... That's, that's what I keep saying about paranormal activity, well, you know. You, they, you can you can say how bad it was in your opinion, but somebody's making a living. Let's, let's rephrase it. They made money and we paid the money, so... Well, there you go. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, I, I will say I don't mind having paid money to see that film. I, I, I think it was worth it for what I saw and what I enjoyed in the theater and watched the people squirm. Uh, and do all that. I thought that was uh, very enjoyable, much more so than some other films I've been in the theater that didn't inspire me or the audience. Um, in fact, I guess one of the worst experiences was a... We go see, well, now I'm not getting to see the previews as much because they're usually on an item in school, but I remember seeing one, The International, which ended up being not a very good movie. I think Naomi Watts was in it. They would have cut her character out, and that's was one thing I wrote on this, the, uh, the little evaluation. Uh, did not need Naomi's character. Film would have worked fine without it. You know, things <laughs> Karen did too. She didn't. She didn't. Uh, she was just annoying. But there was a point when I think she got hit by a car. Uh, her or somebody else, and there were guys actually bursting out laughing <laughs> like it was a comedy. I'm like, even in the worst film, I wouldn't burst out laughing by someone getting hurt by being hit by a car. There's nothing funny about, and it was, I guess you could do it in a comedic way. This was not, you know, yes, not a great film, but not worth acting like an adolescent and bursting out laughing at someone getting hit by a car. Uh, you know, so whatever. I'm looking forward to see Red. the The family saw Red at the preview. Said it was oh. one of the most, one of the best films they've seen all year. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one too. So. Bruce Willis and uh, oh, geez, what is his name? Yeah, the other bad guy all the time is not Malcolm. Mc, is it not Malcolm McDowell? Is it? No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, um, the uh, inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John. Uh, Mal- John Malkovich. John Malkovich, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I told you about that movie I saw with him and Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks, right? And it's actually loosely based on a real guy. And, you started telling me. I don't and, know. And you... Tom Hanks' dad played Colin Hanks. I mean, <coughs> Colin Hanks' dad, Tom Hanks, played his dad in the film. It was it was a cutesy little film, not great, but it was, it was interesting. Uh, but I found it funny that uh, Tom played Colin's dad. I thought that was, that was a unexpected and funny little uh, twist to the whole thing. It's, well, you know, they do that every now and then when uh, families still talk to each other. Uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, when she did the first uh, Tomb Raider movie, uh, her dad, uh, yeah, yeah, what's his name, played her dad in the movie. John well, Voight. Yeah. John Voight, thank you. Of course, now they don't talk to each other again. So well, I'm not sure they were talking at that time, but they did do the film. Yeah. Sometimes money, you know, crosses those boundaries. <laughs> uh, and John Voight is so much better of actor than she is. So, you know, he no, may, he, he may not, right yeah, now. he may not look good in shorts and you know bouncing around and wet things, but, but know, he's, he's a much he, better he, actor. You, you can almost guarantee that whatever film he's working on, whether he plays the bad guy or the good guy, he's going to be a fun character to Squeal. watch. It. <laughs> I wasn't going that far. I was, I was just watching uh, Enemy of the State. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Where, where he, man, he was 
Yeah, I enjoyed ruthless, that movie. Cold, yeah, cold blooded yeah. and ruthless of that yeah. movie. Yeah, well, it, it bummed me when he turned out to be the bad guy in the first Mission Impossible. It's like, no, yeah, me don't too. Do that. I hated that, Mister Phelps. How could he? Do, you, you remember uh, Peter Graves was all upset about it. he wasn't called to do Mister Phelps. Then when the movie came out, and he found out Mister Phelps was the bad guy. Yeah, okay, pro- he didn't say another word. Yeah, probably probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're really delving into, um, right. yeah, but know. you know, I, I am surprised. I haven't seen Disney jump into this initial release thing because Iger. I re- I seem to remember him being big into this, but maybe the studios telling him, Bob, you're what are you smoking, man? We can't release it, right? I mean, you, yeah, you, you wonder even like Toy Story. You know, did it's a billion dollar movie? Would it have been a billion dollar theater film if it was instant to DVD? So I started the recording and I have no idea where we were. I was uh, go- you, dropped, you dropped off right where you said uh, the studio is telling him, Bob. Oh, yeah, they're probably saying, Bob, you're high. There's no way you're, you're, you're doing this. I wonder, you know, you take a billion dollar movie like Toy Story, and some may still say, you were wrong about that movie. And I will say, no, I wasn't. I, I, it was a good movie. I actually am a little surprised by the billion dollar total. And it didn't make it as quick as some thought. It didn't make its money back as quick as some thought it was. And it, it, I thought it was going to drag, and then it just kept going and going and going as far as uh, the, the box office. So I'm happy it did well. I, was, I wasn't, you know, I think some people thought I wanted it to do bad, and that's not, that's not my arguments on Facebook. My, my arguments were, you know, at $200 million to make it, it's going to need $400 billion to, to break yeah. even. Or million, I'm sorry, not billion. That 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 was my thing. When you when you have films that cost a lot less, let's say I know you don't probably don't like it, but the New Moon, uh, <coughs> Twilight series, you know, only cost sixty nine million to make. So when it makes four or five hundred million, its return on investment is pretty high. Uh, yeah. Now the Toy Story's hit the billion dollar mark, and will um, its investment has worked out pretty well too. But I think if you actually take the number, some of these other lower cost films had still a better ROI. Um, though it may not have been an event film per se, but you know wh- whatever floats your boat. I I like the Pixar films, so you know don't get me wrong. Um, well, as as a one film instructor once mentioned, and you've mentioned it before numerous times, uh, when you're running a studio, you can do one or two of these big event films and everything, but what keeps the company floating is all these little things like. Uh, the Twilight, not even the Twilight movies. It's more like the paranormal activities and uh, yeah, the twi- really inexpensive uh, movies that really do make it have well, a real high profit for, margin. For for its its studio, Twilight would have been an event film, but it didn't it didn't cost 
that much. You can't even throw paranormal activity in there. If, this, if some studio guy probably hadn't seen it at a film festival, it'd probably still be traveling to film festivals. Um, so probably, but I'm they, talking They about... didn't really invest any money into it other than some distribution. But I understand what you mean. It's the old Eisner theory. Uh, singles and doubles. Singles and doubles. Singles and doubles. Yeah. If, if one hits big, great. We're spending a little money, but we're making money. And they're enjoyable. They're good films. They're quality stuff. Um, and I think everybody can agree. A lot of the, his philosophy worked really well for Disney for a long time. Uh, he was a little scared of the event films, but when they went well, he was willing to invest in them uh, some more. You know, I forgot we had a good email that we should follow up on, and um, uh, I guess you and I can discuss this easy enough. Uh, just so we can drag this already bad show on as long as possible. Yeah. This is from Tom, our East York Disney fan. That's um, that's code for Canadian. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Glad you explained that thing. Yeah. I don't know where the – well, okay, forget it. On your latest podcast, Greg mentioned that Illuminations, R-O-E, has no story. That is not true. Now, remember, I like Tom, but he's a DF. As an <laughs> as the narrator says at the beginning of it, it's our story, the story of Earth. It begins with the Big Bang, symbolized by two fireworks shells that meet in midair over the lagoon. Yeah, two uh, what 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 would we call those around here? Uh, bottle rockets. Um, next, we go through the chaos of Earth being created, symbolized by the fire of the Inferno Barge, along with the red yellow and orange fireworks again i always thought just, that was just a viking uh, funeral pyre yeah just a bunch of gas ignited big deal i can i can do that in my backyard um, but you think everything has to do with gas that's true next as the earth globe comes to the center of the lagoon so so slowly i'm gonna fall asleep it slowly changes from being red hot to blues and greens and we begin to see the animals and humans projected on it at this time it also is a time with low-level pyro so that the smoke created by the large fireworks in the previous segment can clear. Next, the countries light up as the man begins to emerge on the planet. During the final segment, the 19 torches around the lagoon lit once again, and the Earth globe opens up <coughs> to revile... Uh, I'm reading as he writes, revile... I'm sure that's not what he means. Uh, the 20th torch rises from the center. Well, the show message of hope, we go on plays. Okay, just because someone writes a story doesn't mean the story's good or if it flows well with a bunch of sparklers, gas being lighted on the, uh, you know. I think the music is absolutely wonderful. Some of the better scoring I've heard at Disney in a long time. Um, I just don't think, as a fireworks show, it's that great. And I'm, I'm not, I don't really believe everything needs a story. Quite frankly, I enjoyed Fantasy in the Sky. And there was no freaking story there whatsoever. It's, it's just music with fireworks uh, timed out to the music. Absolutely. And good music and nicely arranged music, all Disney music, of course. Um, I just think to say there's a big story around uh, illuminations okay fine there's a story it's about people and earthlings and animals and we should all be one happy little planet and get along blah 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 i don't think it's executed that well with a few sparklers and gas being ignited in a globe that comes out so excruciatingly slow i ask people to wake me up when it gets out there you know that's that's my kind of thing it's um but i'd love to listen to the music 
I just, I guess I don't need the fireworks and sparklers um, to okay. enjoy the music. Let, let, let me throw this at you then well, real quick. Okay, but let, Be, let, let me finish I'm the rest. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, let me finish place. the rest of the fireworks and then throw that at me. I know I've been babbling, but, I, you know, I'm kind of no, okay. I'm heading up the show tonight, so just, you know. Also, I want to add much, see, I also want to add much to the chagrin of Will uh, from Magic Never Ends podcast, who has to be one of the biggest fanboys of Wishes. Yeah. East York should talk about <laughs> that Illuminations is my favorite Disney fireworks show. Second by Remember. I don't know how it could be second to Remember. If there was a, a good fireworks show, it was Remember uh, at Disneyland. I think if you'll ever do a new version of Illuminations, they have to top the current one. And I think even Disney Creative is finding that hard to do. As the previous series only lasted about five years or so. Well, this one is now in its 12th year. It started in September of 99 as part of the Millennium Celebration. Your friend, friendly neighborhood DF, signing off, Thomas East York, Disney fan. And then he throws out there that, you know, he can stand in for an expert on the cruise show anytime we want to do that. Now, I know you have something to say and put the old uh, cross fingers together so you can remember it for a second. Now, you notice something he's saying here. He doesn't think Disney Creative uh, is finding an easy replacement because this one is just so great. It's been there 12 years. And the previous one only lasted five years. But remember, it's not to say the previous one was bad, but they ended it for the new Millennium Celebration. So one could say that this is only here because of the Millennium Celebration. And the other one might still be going if it wasn't for the Millennium Celebration, correct? I, I mean, you might say that. I would agree. It's it easy to argue that. And just because it hasn't been replaced for um, does not imply or infer, or I shouldn't infer from the non-implied, always get those backwards, but that they can't find anything better. Most likely, they probably don't want to spend any more money and people keep showing up. We have seen many, many things in the park go on for years and years and years <coughs> that are, quite honestly, bad or uh, uh, mediocre at best, but they keep going like the Energizer Bunny because it's probably cost them less to keep it going with the crowds that show up than create something new and maybe it doesn't work. Shall we say the electrical frame with um, Light Tragic? Oh, You know, yeah. they tried something new and it didn't go over so well. Yeah. Now, they thought they had something great, and I've heard the music, and it sounded great. I, I don't think I've seen some video of it, and I've never saw it in person, so I, I can't really speak to it. Uh, but I, I don't think that just because they haven't replaced it doesn't mean they don't have anything better. You, know, you, you could say, God, pick an attraction that's uh, probably not great, but it's been going on and on and on for years because it's cheaper to probably leave it running, or, or occasionally just shut things down and never replace them. So I, I don't necessarily think it's because they can't find a great replace. Uh, replacement is why it hasn't gone away. You know, it does attract a lot of people. It is good. It's just I don't think it's great. I don't. It's it's not to that level that I, I like to camp out for. I, some of the people I travel out there and see do, and because I'm with them, I I will do that. But it's not. If I missed it, I wouldn't care. When I'm with the family, we mostly miss it. We might see it as we're walking around. We might schedule a reservation at a restaurant that has a view. And if we get it, great. If we don't, no, you know, no nothing, great loss. nothing lost. Like you didn't go see Craptasmic in Florida because we've seen 
phantasmic here. Why is he craptastic there? And even if you don't go see it here, like I haven't actually stood to see it here in over a year now because I saw it with the uh, the Westfest people. Prior to that, I probably hadn't seen it in ten years in, in its entirety. I catch it when I'm you know walking by. Um, you know, that's just the way I flow. But I, I don't know. I you know if if he wants to be a shill for it and think it's a great story, and, that's fine. I and, I think it's an experience more than it is a story. But that's, just, that's on, just me. Honestly. I got to say, you know, when we were there, we didn't stay to see Illuminations. I kind of wanted to in a way, but nobody else did. Okay, there you go. And the only time we saw it was when we were walking through Epcot going from Monorail Station to the hotel or something like that. Going across from the front entrance towards the uh, gateway entrance. You know, and it's not horrible. So, I, I remember, I think the bleeping wife said something about, uh, I, somehow I think she had heard that we had some... Height limitation is why our fireworks show had changed. And I, I think she might have been confusing that with, I think Paris uh, actually has a height limitation on their show. And they, there's, they can only do so much. Uh, it's some kind of, you know, frog uh, regulation over there. Uh-huh. It's what I've read or heard somewhere that's coming back to mind. But I know we don't have a height restriction here. It just, it, the show that we have didn't require a lot of, you know, big stuff up in the air. Now we do the big stuff up in the air. Just you know, right now we are currently in a different mode. But uh, we were doing well, the, doing the it lower up to, stuff. Seems more intimate and personal. Yeah, I guess so. But the, what my point is, you go back and look at illuminations. It's all pretty much low stuff. Sparklers on the water, uh, the yeah. little spinners on the water. You know, uh, massive amounts of gas ignited. Uh, slow moving oh. barge with a spinning globe on it. I mean, when when I hear complaints about some of our shows and then I look at that I'm like you know where's where's the equal comparison and and, yeah. and it, you know I, I understand it's it's their backyard it's their <laughs> their main park and I and I get why sometimes you get a, an affinity for these things and I, I gotta say before I spent a lot of time in Florida I have to say that for the most part I was I kind of shilled a little bit for Florida because my memory of it was probably better than the reality because I'd seen it as a uh, kind of a young person, you know, 12, and then I saw it again like at 19, and then again, what, we were like 22 when we... 20-something, uh, yeah. Yeah, went and saw it. And we saw it once and we left, right? We were there for a week and we left and we had these great memories. But then when you when I started going twice a year or once a year, I started to notice those things like I noticed here. Oh, okay, a little maintenance not done here. Speakers aren't working there. Yeah. But when I really can examine it, Okay, they're you know they're probably about equal. Okay, this is a little better here. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to yeah. think, oh my God, the Magic Kingdom there's just so cool. It's so big, and the you know this and that. And now I now kinda... you notice the uh, the uh, tarps up on the side that are painted to look like the buildings while they're doing the repairs on behind the buildings. Actually, that's pretty cool. I, we, uh, that we're is ju- very cool. We're just starting to do that. But you know, yeah. then again, the technology that allows that is is rare, fairly. Uh, new. I mean, to, they would have had to like hand paint it in the past. Now it can be screen printed, relatively easy and cheap. Um, not not something that's been available for a long time. But just in general, I, I start to notice things. I'm thinking, okay, it's a big park. Doesn't have the intimacy of Disneyland. Doesn't have the the I don't know, quite the feel of the vibe of Disney uh, Disneyland. So, but other things, Epcot. That's great. It's I still like the early version better than the current version. But it's not to say I don't like it and enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. But then yeah. you, you start to wonder: Is it that childhood memory? Because I know some childhood memories of Disneyland are much better than the Disneyland I see today. But I bet you, 
children of today, when they grow up, will think Disneyland was the greatest thing they ever saw in 2010, yeah, you know? So. That, that little, the way it's focused back then is a little different than the way you're focused today. Um, let me go on to shows real quick because this brings up an interesting point on a couple shows. Phantasmic. Phantasmic comes out. Great show. Still, still packing the moon. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Phantasmic at Disneyland. Let's, let's not use Craptasmic. Um, they built up a storyline behind Phantasmic. Mickey uh, has his dreams that turn into a nightmare. Phantasmic, and he fights. This is my dream. Blah blah blah. Hero comes through. Steamboat Willie. Show's done. Prior to that, we had the Fantasy in the Sky fireworks, which, as we were mentioning, just, for the most part, a nice compilation of Disney music that has fireworks timed out to the uh, for the show. Okay, after Fantasmic, we had the Electrical Parade, or I should say it's not after, but we, during this whole time, we had the Electrical Parade as well. It's not a storyline. It's different themed floats that are all lit up that has, uh, what is it, the... Uh, uh, what, oh, what's the name of the song? The Baroque, uh, Baroque Codown. You might yeah. say the original uh, club sound, if you will, because that underlying theme is continually playing through the whole right. parade, right? It's always there, kind of like the club when you never know if the song changes because basically the you know the way the club music is set up, the beats almost the same, it just keeps going, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And and you're just using the you're you're adding the little extra themes into it, but it's keeping that main theme. Of course, Main Street Electrical Parade came from the parade, the electrical uh, parade out on uh, Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake, which again, it just was a bunch of themed floats out there that were all lit up at night. Now you go into uh, slight magic. I'm sorry, night tragic. Uh, whatever you want to call it, there. And suddenly we have a storyline that they're trying to put in, and they do the whole show stop, and they're creating the storyline for this parade that's supposed to be going on. Doesn't do too well. What I'm coming down to is now you have World of Color. Again, it's not so much a storyline. It's not a show. It's just a uh, composite of different imagery and different music from Disney that has this wonderful water display and lighting display that's put, in, put up with it. But it's not so much the storyline. And you've often, we've, we've not just you, but we've talked about it quite often that you're looking at the experience. It's not so much you're trying to get into a storyline, you're trying to get into this experience. And I'm when you were talking about the storyline, I didn't know the entire storyline of uh, Illuminations. I just thought it was supposed to be a really neat show. Well, I I'm, enjoyed I'm not, it. I'm not sure everybody knows the storyline quite as much as some of the DFs, but I think most people kind of saddle up to it saying, oh, cool, here's a story. Oh, yeah, a man comes. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they don't think much beyond that. Quite, quite frankly, with um, Fantasmic, other than when they first mention it, it's my dream or that, I've pretty much forgotten there's even a story going on there because it's so disjointed. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah, they try to set you up that it's all about his dream. But again, 
disjointed enough that it's, I don't... it's kind of a composite of different images and different yeah. show. It's it's, show a, it's kind of a show to highlight the villains, I I think, and then but you know we can't stay all negative. So at the end, Mickey gets to come back and you know, right. settle the score. But I've forgotten it's his dream. You know, one segment into but, it. But you're right. It, it it's. Even though you got the story tag at the beginning and the end, it's more of a composite type thing. It's not trying to keep an hold on to a coherent story. Yeah, because is he is he dreaming about uh, all the princesses? You know, I guess uh, one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. is is he wishing that Minnie was up there on the stage right now, uh, getting dirty exactly. because he's thinking about all the, <laughs> you know, that stuff? I, I really some of that stuff makes to me not a, a lot of sense in the overall thing of other than trying to show off all the Disney characters, a lot of villains, blah, blah, blah. I kind of go into the, I just find it kind of curious that, um, you take a look at the more successful shows, the, uh, more successful, uh, uh, things that have been around. They tend to be the experiences. The moment you try to throw in stories on it, it just confuses the issue. But that's the funny thing. I think you're correct. Uh, their biggest successes, I think, have also been the things that are not connected to current properties or at the time they were made didn't have a current property. Pirates, for example. Probably one of the, the, the biggest success stories in theme park history. Right? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I kind of set I, the standard, set the bar for that kind of entertainment. Had no tie-in to any Disney property. Um, Similar with Haunted Mansion. We, I, I was going to get to that next. Oh, Pir- okay. Pirates has no story per se. You might say that it all has to do with, if you're going to lead the pirate's life, you're probably going to end up in Davy Jones' locker. But like m- many have mentioned, because they'd already started working on something that wasn't the ride that ends up to be. They had limitations of space and blah, blah, blah. You're kind of starting the story at the end, if you will. You're starting in Davy Jones' locker. And then I guess you, you I guess you could do one of those things that is very popular in film and TV today. You're you're watching, you're watching. The only thing we're not getting is ten years ago <laughs> or five years ago. You know, we don't get that uh, that little thing to reset the time. Now, supposedly in the one in um, Paris. Oh, you mean, we mean going from going through the caves with a skeleton? Yeah. I always took it as you're entering into the pirate's lair and into, you know, this is like present day. You're finding the treasures and everything. And then as you go into the transition cave, you're going into, oh, now here's what it looks like. It's just the the uh, Wayne's World, the fade in going on to the... Uh, Next show. Uh, it could be. But I know in the Paris one, they decided that they thought that was more of the ending. You know, that once you've led this pirate's life, you'll probably end up in, in, in Davy Jones' locker and you'll be oh, all like dead. Mr. Toad. So they, right, like so, Kelly will get there. Yeah, supposedly they drop, uh, when they have, have the drops, they drop you into action rather than dropping into the slow-moving stuff. Now I'm going to have to go look at a YouTube. I, I saw the, an interview with uh, an Imagineer. I don't remember if it was Tony who it was, but the idea was to drop you into the excitement versus the slow things. Um, but regardless, then you get to Mansion. Mansion, when it opened, if it had a story, it was very loose. It was more an experience. Um, even I've seen the interviews with Walt uh, talking about these experiences and, and not so much a story. 
Now, over time, people have created this story, the mas- you know, Master Gracie and all this, because of the, um, really, I think, because of the Imagineer Gracie who worked on it and working his name into it. And, and then I even saw um, an interview with the girl who now, the new girl who poses for the uh, bride. Uh, she now tells a story that she knows because she, her father or her somebody worked on the mansion and this is what she was told. But all these years, you know, pr- it probably wasn't until, what, the 80s or 90s where we really started to hear all these stories of what the story to the mansion was, right? Right, right. And, and we know that it's really kind of two attractions mixed together. You've got the quirky, funny stuff, and you've also got the scary stuff. Right. And they've worked it together with two stories. Basically, you've got a, a mansion that's haunted. You know, you've got the ghost host that's hung himself. You know, right. if you really want to go back and you want to think there's a story to it, you go back to the old LP Disneyland used to sell with Ronnie Howard. And I don't even think the girl has um, any significance. The only, you know, you got Thor Ravenscroft, I think the narrator. You got Ronnie Howard as one of the two kids that gets stuck in the mansion. And pretty much all they do is they see ghosts and all this stuff. And that's pretty much what you're there. You're, you're in there experiencing a house that's haunted. And the only thing you really know is the ghost hung, the host hung himself. Short of that, you know, yeah. where are the other connections? You've got guys dueling out of their pictures. That's kind of a, that's almost to me a sight and, gag because you got, you got pictures that you've seen hanging on the wall, duelers, right? Hey, and, and the duelers are coming out and animating themselves, right? Yeah. And this is also uh, a house where other ghosts have come to reside. It's not that right, anything right, necessarily right. happened. This is just where they've come to reside and have some fun. Exactly. And isn't that what uh, Walt used to say? You know, uh, you know, he. It seems like I remember seeing a, either a quote or seeing him uh, on something saying they were uh, they were taking applications for ghosts. And I think they even had a sign hanging outside of it. You yeah, know, they the, did have a sign hanging outside once. Yeah, yeah, they were they were trying to fill it up and take applications. So again, that whole thing to to add the seafarer guy, the master Gracie, and the killing the or whatever the whole thing was. Um, I don't know. I find it somewhat disingenuous, but I, I, uh, I do remember in the past when they oh there was some obscure film. I think it's probably the same one you're talking about with Walt, where he was referring to it is it was supposed to be like the fun house he remembers just really brought up to Disneyland standards. Yeah, because I believe he, yeah, he said, you know, we'll take care of the outside. The ghosts will take care of the inside. And, you know, he's also, I think that's Wally Crump he's uh, talking to in that, that little thing they had on TV. And part of it was the, the curiosities they were collecting. And, and it wasn't, yeah. you know, so... Again, I, I think people want to apply something to it because it, I, and it's really I think the internet age too. Everybody, everybody out there that has a voice is able to say something, and Disney has pretty much kept their mouth shut for the most part, and and just let the fan community kind of say whatever they want and create whatever uh, things they want. And occasionally, some Imagineers may go, I'm air quoting, on the record, though they're not really on the record for Disney, but they're on the record for themselves. Right. Uh, saying what they want. So I, I don't know. Because, well, you know, having read Disney uh, and seen uh, images and uh, films of him saying that, you know, it's experience, we're creating experiences and stuff, I'm going to go with that. Because uh, even you go to the dark rides, <laughs> yeah, there is a story there because they're all based off of stories, but they're so loosely based, it's an experience. 
On the what? The, the dark rides. I know if you'd stop, oh, yeah, stop yeah. coughing, you can actually hear. Sorry. Um, but no, I know. I'm just kidding you. But, you know, the, again, the dark rides are more experiences. Yes, they're based on a story uh, very loosely, so I'm not even in order. Um, some, I mean, the, the most popular probably, uh, P- uh, Peter Pan. Yes. Uh, yeah. r- sort of in order, sort of just big scenes. You know, you've, you've got his room. And they all fly off. You get to see London. Uh, you get you get to see London a lot, and that was not a big part of the story. Uh, you get to fly over, you know, Never Neverland a lot. And of course, that is where the story happens. You fly through the ship fight. The Indians are out of order, and next thing, the story's over. Right. right. If if there's not a better example of just creating an experience, that's well, got to be it. You know. The the whole Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is just one little tiny segment. Uh, well, actually, a couple little segments out of Wind in the Willows. Yeah. And they're completely out of order uh, on the ride from the the movie. It was just, and I made the joke a few minutes ago, and that's that's a joke that came up when, I don't know when it started. I remember when I first started back in the 80s, I was told the joke that the moral of the story with Mr. Toad is if you drive like hell, you're going to get there. Because, of course, the hell scene is at the end of the ride. But that's not the way it was laid out in the attraction. That was... Uh, no, whole dream sequence and everything. And, there. and the funny thing, I saw um, Tony Baxter interviewed once, and he won't say hell. He says Hades. <laughs> he just, What's the he's, difference? It's all Greek to me. Exactly. So anyways, um, now that we've delved into yet another thing, this is probably but, a good time to end it unless you you know, want Well, to... I was just going to say this, this just goes to prove why – that's why we brought Mouse Busters up because there are so many of these little stories that are trying to get themselves set in that this is the way it was. No, that's not quite the way it is. That's it, just a story somebody created. Yeah, you know, if someone credible came forward, I, I don't want that person to be Tony because Tony wasn't around when the, the tr- these attractions we're talking about were created. <laughs> um, though I'm sure he's got insight. You know, if I if I heard from Wally Crump, and I can't remember the other major uh, lead designer on the mansion, um, and these guys was that Claude Coates back then? It, you know, it might have been. If I heard these two guys say, "There's actually a storyline there more than the loose arrangement of the ghost hosts and allowing other ghosts to have a place to live," and um, you know, the bride, you know, oh, let's say, if if I saw something credible from somebody like them, uh, more, I'm going to believe that more than I'm going to believe the new bride who is related to somebody who said this, you know. Uh, same with pirates. If if there's a more of a storyline to pirates that I've missed all these years, please someone write us and tell us because I, I, I don't see it. <clears throat> so, anyways, but you know, again, I if I went there for perfect stories, I would be frustrated for the rest of my life. I mean, it, I go there for the experience. It's 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 just like visual overload. You're there to see all the stuff happen, uh, not necessarily to to have. You know, beginning, middle, oh. and end. It just doesn't happen on every attraction. It never will, and I don't know that it ever was intended to be that, based on the original creator. So, of the I, not not the creator, creator, but the creator of the you know the park. Okay, I want to do it. What the fuck? You're there to have fun. Quit overanalyzing it. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> that that um, quite honestly, yeah. But, but you know, see. I don't want to say people don't have a life, but when they they're passionate about something, they really get into it, and it gets into that thing. Yes, we have the right to say anything we want. 
but what that is responsibility. A lot of people just forward the same. They regurgitate whatever they've heard. And I've seen this by doing research for the other show. Uh, so I'll think, okay, that's interesting. I've never heard that. Let me go and see if I can, you know, find some other information. Back up on there. And um, I'll find another website which is a regurgitation word for word. A lot of these websites are copying and pasting each other. It's hard to, it's hard to know where it started. And yeah. they're just repeating all the same information. And if, if, if it was rewritten a little bit in a different way, I, I find it more credible. But many, many, many times, in fact, more often than not, I think, I find them exactly the same. And then we know how uh, credible Wikipedia can be at times. And we don't know who originally wrote some of those. So... Hey, if it's in Wikipedia, it has to be the truth, isn't it? Well, you know, it's a great first stop. Yes. Um, but, you know, I was, <laughs> I was watching this, that show, that new William Shatner show, you know, Shit My Father Says, or My Dad Says, or whatever it's worded. Yeah. And, um, you know, the son's moved in, of course. I didn't see the first one. I've only, I saw the second one. Is He wants internet. Okay, Bill doesn't want internet because he's got the paper. He's got his encyclopedias. And uh, the kid says, yeah, I've always been wondering how that Korean War, you know, how that came out. <laughs> and, and Karen's laughing. She goes, yeah, that's probably the same age as our encyclopedias. Because, you know, I, I'm sure you remember, like I do as a kid, uh, your parents always wanted to update and keep up on their encyclopedia set. That was your volume of knowledge. That's right. It was either there or go to the library. And You, you had you that know, and you had your annual yearbooks that went to them. Exactly. The updates. The updates. So, you know, he's trying to explain to him why you don't need that anymore. Um, and, it's, you know, and you can even look at that. Whoever wrote that, a lot of it's opinion. Some of it's just fact, but there, there was opinion into it. I mean, everybody somehow colors everything they write with a little bit of opinion. It's rare to yeah. see something. Well, I, I, you can see it when you go into manuals, and then you know why they're so poorly written, because they're just the facts, and they're written by someone who doesn't understand writing. Um, the manuals for <laughs> electronics and things like that that can't get you from yeah, A to B to tech writers. save save your life. Um, so, anyways, I, 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 I yeah, the, the, I think the um, the world of the internet has has opened up Pandora's box as far as uh, Disney and and uh, urban legends and all that goes. Because I mean, when I hear and I'm waiting to see, you know, I, I do have. Uh, possibly a job coming up uh, with uh, the Disney company. And if I have to go through traditions again, and I hear the story about, you know, the Matterhorn or yeah. any of these things again, I will have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. And that's when you know these kind of um, urban legends have reached the epitome of being bad and intrusive and whatever when cast members repeat them as gospel because they don't know and they've bought right. into it. That's when it's, you know, you've just got to say someone needs a bitch slapping out there and, yes. and, and correct it. But I'm tired of being the guy that try because quite frankly, we don't get the kind of attention as the guys who um, perpetuate a lot of these things because they also perpetuate rumors and the negative and, and that can, seems to catch on. I don't know why those people become the authoritative types uh, as far as the Internet goes, but I've given up in trying to be that guy. Uh, it's just not going to happen, and I don't know everything, and they don't know everything. I just wish we'd get rid of some of the bull crap, and unfortunately, I don't think that's going to go away. Oh, no, it, it's, it, it will go on forever. It's, it's a never-ending battle. It's just, you know, you 
do you fight the good fight for the day and you go on to the next. So yeah, that's that. And as I'm getting to know more Imagineers and some that have been there for, for quite some time and some who have left and they've tried to make made some corrections on some of these sites and the people lambase them like they don't know what they're talking about and then they they realize it's not worth it. Let these people live in their shallow, uh, little self-centered worlds, and it really, in the long run, doesn't matter, doesn't affect your life. Uh, Disney obviously doesn't care enough, and it doesn't really hurt them. Um, they protect their brand when necessary, but in general, these little stories about the Matterhorn or uh, the mansion doesn't really hurt them at the end of the day. That's it. So is that a nice depressing way to end the show? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, oh, a, okay. that's a good good way. Well, let's let's have a good upbeat way and because uh, we'll... who knows when this will go on go on on air? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, first, this, first, I got to fix the edit of someone's internet dropping off. I don't know. There wasn't my no because I still had uh, I still had another <laughs> item here that was still running. Well, I still had internet running. All of a sudden, I didn't hear it, it cut off. I tried it just to call. Dropped off. It, I, it said it hung up. So I tried I to know. I tried to call you back and it said that. Uh, you were offline, so I don't know. That's weird. So I just waited and waited and started to watch The Office again. Then you called me back. and uh, But no. anyways, I've got to cut that back together. But on Mike's schedule, I may not be able to – may need, not need to give the, this to him for another couple of weeks. So it'll, ah. it'll be here to edit together, and, you know, we'll figure that out later. So, you know, if Any you have – things that you can think of that need to be mentioned? No, that's, that's about it. So I was going to say if people um, – Want to email us by now? They should know where our emails are: Greg, Mike, or Shaft at micecast.com. Of course, our website is micecast.com. If you want to send something to Mousebusters, I think there is a Mousebusters.com challenge. We haven't had really a good challenge Mousebuster in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to say we kind of brought that up, and we miss having some of those because I know it's contrary to the whole uh, spirit of the show to actually research things. But that's something that we actually like to find out to find yeah. out the truth. Well, some of them we didn't even have to research. It's just no, we already knew what the stuff, stuff from having worked in the company. Um, you know, we know. So, all right. Well, you know, for uh, the entire production staff for MiceCast and MiceCast.com, my name is Greg. That's Richard. And we'll see you the next time around. Good night. Was that bullshit or what? Hey, yay. They say the balcony was closed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland has now concluded its normal operating day. Folks, and me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh? It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Huh? Oh. Now, now it's time, time to say goodnight to all our company. Oh, see. see you real soon. It's always Mickey Mouse. K E Y. Why? Because, because we, we like you. you. M O U S E. For your shopping convenience, this evening, Main Street will remain open for an additional half hour.
Next came ragtime blues and jazz. The nation was a jumpin'. Foxtrot and the bunny hug had everyone a stoppin'. Then swing and big bands were the rage. The songs they were most pleasing. Rock and roll soon took its toll. The dancers stopped the squeeze and Yankee Doodle sing it up, oh Yankee Doodle dandy. Mind the music and the words and with the songs be handy. on the stand, then when he plays, he gets a hand, the rhythm he plays puts the cats in a trance, nobody there bothers to dance, and when he plays with the bass and guitar, they holler, oh, beat me daddy, eight to the bar, a blink, a blank, goes a weasel, <laughs> okay boys, act alive and jive, you ain't nothing but a hound dog, rocking all the time, crazy man, you ain't nothing but a
was a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told began with the holiday worlds of old. I know you're curious to see what's inside. It's what happens when two holidays collide. Welcome, my friends, to our Christmas delight. Come witness a ghoulishly glorious sight. It's time for our holiday tale to begin. There's no turning back now. Please, come all the way in. Our holiday tale is a tale that's quite charming. But during this season, it's sometimes alarming. So relax and reflect. Feel free to take pause while we tell you a tale about dear Sandy Claus. Twas the nightmare before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was peaceful not even a mouse. The stockings, all hung by the chimney with care, when opened that morning, would cause such a scare. The children, nestled all snug in their beds, would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. <laughs> Holidays, holiday you will want to survive. <laughs> Sandy Claus. But when Halloween creates Christmas, you might see a few flaws. And now, a dark carriage will take you away. Sit back. Rest in peace in your black Christmas sleigh. <laughs> your sleigh will accommodate one or two more. We hope you're prepared for what Jack has in store. Don't pull down the bar. 
it will float down with ease. And remember, no flash photography. Please. Yes, down through the chimney, Jack flew like a bat, clutching his magical Sandy Claus sack. He ripped open the sack and, in moments it seems, created a Christmas you have in bad dreams. More rapid than vultures, the mansion was changed. All was soon covered, adorned and deranged. And what to your wondering eyes disappears is Jack's little friend Zero, the ghost dog reindeer. Nothing here was forgotten. It all looked so pleasant. A coffin, Jack says, makes a fine Christmas present. <laughs> a man-eating plant makes a wonderful wreath, as long as you don't get caught in its teeth. Jack's holiday vision was unlike no other. So ring out the bells. There's more cheer to uncover. On the 13th day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me 13 rings of power, embracing strength that never ends. 12 signs of the zodiac that rule the future and transcend. Eleven candles floating, their scent of mystery in the air. Ten telling tea leaves that swirl with secrets yet to share. On the ninth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me nine magic crystals that sparkle with a force that is pure. Eight balls of knowledge that answer with a truth that is sure. Seven pearls of wisdom to keep my love bewitched to me. Six mystic mirrors reflecting futures yet to be. On the fifth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me five lucky charms to understand the right from wrong, four wheels of fortune to spin their rich and golden song, three lifelines extending help to those in need, two passion potions that love and romance may succeed. On the first day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me a star, a brilliant star for my fortune card tree. 
With some treats and some games, you can make a scene merry. Why, even a gingerbread house could seem scary. All at once, happy haunts did materialize, like a nightmarish painting by Courier and Ives. Sandy Claus worked his magic both outside and in. But one final touch made his bony face grin. Now what better gift on my friends to bestow than a graveyard that's covered in ghostly white snow? It's Christmas! Have you been good this year? Oh, oh, oh! Can you believe your eyes? I like this Christmas thing. C-Zero, I told you they would like my Christmas. Fruitcake, anyone? Oh, oh, oh! I really outdid myself this time. Look at all the happy faces. Season's greetings, everyone!
What's this? Jolly dear old Satin Dog, while the green dog sleeps. Now the chimney dog and dance with your satin. Happy haunts materialize for a swinging wake. Blowing pumpkins harmonize. Joyful screams will it make. <laughs> <laughs> What's your gift? Oogie knows. <laughs> Are you getting a trick or a treat? Isn't this fun? <laughs> I can't wait to see what you get. It's gift giving time. You get what you get. <laughs> Have I got a present for you? <laughs> It's all good here. Sugar and spice, naughty and nice. Have you been naughty or nice? <laughs> well, looky who we got here. I have a special holiday something just for you. Hang on to your holiday hat. Because it's coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. <laughs> Be sure to bring your gift certificate. <laughs> Season screamings, everyone. <laughs> Don't let the tombstone hit you on the way out. <laughs> I've got plenty more tricks and treats in store for your next visit. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. Hurry back. <laughs> 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 